Hi dear listeners, this is Stefano and this is a two parts episode in which we are going to explore the present and the future of journalism in the era of artificial intelligence and social media. So this is a very interesting episode and I hope you'll enjoy. Cheers. Hello and a warm welcome to the NLN podcast. The NLN is the Nordic Leadership Network. We're a team of seven leaders, coaches, facilitators, and speakers. We help develop the leaders of today and tomorrow. We challenge teams to achieve high performance. We help companies to implement strategy and get stuff done so they can flourish and grow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Nordic Leadership Network podcast. We have today with us Jarno Koponen, which is the head of AI at Ule Labs, YLE, the Finnish National Public Service Broadcasting Company. Before that, he used to run the operations for Future Fuel, a startup doing predictive discovery of news. Welcome to the podcast, Jarno. Hi, it's great to be here. Uh, honored, to, uh, honored to kind of join, join you guys. And we are joined as well today by Nick Vertigans, our super host and super coach. That's so kind. Great to be here. And finally, we have as well... David Goddard, our resident president of the podcast. I was looking for the superlative there with me, but you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll take resident president. So. Well, resident president is already superlative by itself, I would say. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Jarno, um, let's, start, let's start from you. Uh, you have lived and, and worked at the intersection of these two worlds, the AI and, and media world for the, for the past 10 years. Um, and, and you spent the, the five years before joining uh, Ule uh, into, into Silicon Valley, uh, trying to get mm-hmm. your startup off the ground. And if I understand correctly, the startup folded in 2015, and um, you were working in the startup also with one of the founders of Skype. Then uh, after that, apparently you decided to take a pivot, and uh, you went nothing else than to the public sector with the National Public Service Broadcasting Company. So how, how, did that, how did that happen? How does it feel? Well, uh, first of all, uh, like you just mentioned, I'm the head of AI and personalization at Wiley News Lab. And what we try to do in here, we try to figure out what will be the future of news. And in my work in there, I have two main things that I focus on. First, what are the new technologies, say artificial intelligence and machine intelligence that could be used for for making better journalism? And then the second part, uh, the focus area for myself is to to make sure that we create a diverse uh, multidisciplinary culture that actually allows us to use these new technologies in, in, in ways to make better journalism. And when I say better journalism, in there also, I'd, I'd like to point out that we need, as journalists, as news media, we need new tools to make sense of this new uh, world around, uh, around us in which digital and physical are seamlessly interwoven. And at the same time, in order to connect and reconnect with people, we need to make better news experiences, journalistic experiences on, in order to kind of uh, explain complex topics uh, to, to different kinds of people. Thanks, Jarno. So you are focusing on two things. The first one is how to make machine intelligence for better journalism. And the second one is how to create a culture to enable the future of media. Tell us a bit about your story. How did you get there? 
yeah, my story, uh, when, I, when I look at that, if this is my core focus at the moment, it all started back in 2010, actually. Uh, that, was, um, that was a year I, I, I published a research article about personal future simulation system. And what is that? Uh, it was a concept idea about a system powered by artificial intelligence that uses personal, social, and contextual data uh, to, uh, to forecast personal futures. And, and yeah, that was in 2008, 2009, when I was doing this in Finland. And everyone was like, Koponen, Janno, what are you doing? Like uh, artificial intelligence and big data. Is, is, is there really anything, uh, anything in this? But luckily, uh, I, was, um, uh, I was presenting some of these uh, ideas of mine uh, in an event. And in there, in the audience, sat my co-founder to be. Uh, and, and that was the moment back then in 2010 that, yeah, I, I kind of uh, went off. Uh, with uh, with my with my startup. Now I had a chance with uh, with Futureful. I had a chance to kind of uh, see how this new economy, um, this new ecosystem, this new information ecosystem actually works and what drives it. So for me, the startup time was a great great lesson. Like both like kind of New York Times uh, fame, but also like getting a, a kick to teeth. Uh, kind of learning experience. All right, I get it. So you learn how the world of startups and investing works. You have tried your best, but in 2015, the company falls as you cannot find a way how to make a profitable business model and grow fast enough. And then what happens? 2015, it was time for myself to kind of think that our startup wasn't uh, growing fast enough. What we tried to do with Futureful, we tried to create an interface to the all internet, uh, a, a new interface that actually helps to uh, break filter bubble by combining relevance and serendipity. And what we tried to do in there was to combine new user interfaces and, uh, and, and, and artificial intelligence. And now what I learned in there is that that's not enough. We need the content as well. So the content should be part of the equation. It should be content plus AI plus UI in order to actually create uh, and personalized experiences uh, that can truly uh, make a paradigm shift happen. Uh, when I was kind of uh, thinking, where could I, uh, where could I kind of uh, start realizing this thing? Wiley was one of the options. And the table and and what draw me with Wiley was of course its mission like to 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 help people to better understand what is going in the world uh, and the core values uh, supporting democracy but also that in the in the more kind of technological aspect uh, Wiley News we create the content right we have a very in-depth content understanding we create these smart systems be it personalization uh, personalization or analytics. And then we also create these new user experiences. So all things combined in there. So that was an equation that got me going. Okay, that's something that, that would be very interesting to see that how a public broadcasting company can make this reality. So, so maybe that, that kind of uh, yep. uh, connects, uh, connects the dots in here. All right. So this this uh, intersection of many different words I, I heard in your 
in your story uh, the, the the startup entrepreneurial world and then the the public uh, service mm -hmm. then uh, these uh, journalism and technology at the same time um, the uh, all, all of that is actually something which is very interesting to me david what what have you heard in this in this uh, first five minutes um, well those intersections are really interesting as well and um, one of the things that i heard Yaron say that maybe just to follow up on um, is making a better experience of the news so what what do you think needs to change now that this you said this the, the digital and the physical are sort of blending in more what what needs to change to make that experience better for the the news consumer yeah so actually I, I i'd take a step back in here and and look at the how this landscape is now evolving so like you mentioned and what what we discussed so private and public commercial and political digital and physical they are now seamlessly interconnected at the same time one very important thing what is happening is that the the data about reality about individuals about communities about companies about phenomena about environments that's now data in the data troves of big internet tech companies, right? Right. And it isn't accessible any, anymore uh, for journalists. So you could say that part of, uh, part of the kind of uh, data and materi material that directly affects how people and, and, and companies behave, we cannot access it anymore as journalists. So that's one thing. So who can access data about our reality? So that's one thing to consider. And the second uh, uh, thing to consider here is that the way news are gathered is changing. The way news break is changing. The way uh, the, what is considered to be news is changing. And I concretize, I, I, I make it more concrete. So you can go to the parliament house and, and interview our prime minister to get news, right? That's one way. But at the same time, there is... Um, the uh, social media uh, platforms can be used to, to, to organize an event under the same banner that makes millions of people move on both side of, uh, sides of the Atlantic, say Black Lives Matter. Or a social streaming app like uh, TikTok can be used to make people behave in very unpredictable way in a campaign uh, opening of the, the current uh, leader of the free world if you will. So, so the second thing is the first thing is that, hey, where and how can we understand this new reality, which is affected by the data uh, that is no more accessible, directly accessible. The second thing is what is considered to be news? What are the stories? How are the stories formed uh, in today's world? So to tackle these two things, I think, and my simple formula, simple and simple, would be, uh, it's, it's a realization that what we need to do, um, we need to make sure that we very concretely now start to combine content, artificial intelligence, and new user interfaces by bringing together journalists, data scientists, and designers to figure out what is new journalism in today's world that can 
understand and can use data, can create new tools, and then by understanding what is essential news, what are the essential stories that need to be told to kind of make sure that those stories are told in a way mm. that connect with actual human beings in the, in the world. So how close are we to that multidisciplinary approach of bringing all of those different parties together? And yes. Where yeah. are we? I, I, I think, uh, well, I could say and, and start to talk uh, in, a, in a global level. I, I'd say that not very, not very far. At the same time, there are pioneers, and I'm, uh, I'm lucky to say that we have had the ambition at YLE to truly to try to go there, try to uh, try to test these new methods and new experiences in in real life. I give some some concrete examples, like uh, I've build and let the team that kind of, uh, uh, how, how would you say, like redefined what is meant by personalized news experience. It's Wiley Newswatch. It's been like uh, also highlighted uh, in, in, in a kind of international context as one of the pioneers in, in new personalized news experience. And, and what we did in there, we figured out that, hey, lock screen, the, the mobile lock screen that you have, is actually the thing that you need to be in there, uh, in the lock screen. And we tested, and we were able to create a product that now 76% of the users of the app think that they get enough, uh, or the, just the right amount of news alerts or notifications on their lock screen that allow them to follow the news. And, and that's the same percentage as uh, what people say were about the text messages from their uh, friends. So that's truly uh, an amazing result, actually. So these news alerts are considered to be as useful as text messages from your friends. So that's one example. Then the second example, like how we try to be ahead of the curve, is our, our uh, Voito um, news assistant. And what we did in there, we went even further. So I, I built and let the team that built a news assistant that lives on your lock screen and we built the feedback loops right on the lock screen so now with Voito a person doesn't even need to open the news application in order to to get a personalized news experience so we try to use these new methods and experiment them in the real world in order to get the feedback to know what's going on and Voito has been featured by Oxford Reuters Institute and just this year it was Voito News Assistant was featured by Google uh, as, an, as an innovative way of using machine learning in, in news media. So I say that there is progress but historically speaking news media has been very very slow in adapting new technologies so actually using new technologies for their own benefit and, and most importantly uh, it has been also that the business models haven't changed, even though internet uh, uh, giants like Facebook and, and Google kind of took over the internet and news media, okay, where are the business? What's our, what will be our core business when the ads are not working for us? So mm. you could say, uh, historically speaking, that news media has been slow in using these new technologies to actually affect how people consume news and, and, and follow the world around us and also when it comes to actually <laughs> creating a sustainable business 
out of news media. So on those both fields, uh, uh, we haven't been that that good. But now there are, uh, luckily, and 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 I, I'm I'm happy to be part of the movement that's trying to think uh, and and trying to concretely walk the talk uh, by building these new products, by by building these new things uh, to create concrete evidence that actually this works, this multidisciplinary approach works, because no, none of these examples that I just mentioned wouldn't have been possible without bringing together journalists, data scientists, and designers, and make sure that they have a shared language uh, in, in, in the process. So there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot, lot still to be done then on that front. Um, maybe it would be interesting to hear from Nick at this stage, because Nick, you, you've had um, some experience in the media industry in the past. Um, how do you see things are changing in the production consumption of news? Yeah, really interested to hear Jarno's thoughts there. And good, good to hear that, uh, you know, Ule, Ule Newswatch, for example, is, is having success. And, you know, I, I, lots of thoughts come to my head. You know, one, one thought is, you know, what, what will make a good journalist in the future? Um, but maybe the question that, that comes to mind right now is thinking about, you know, journalists working with uh, data scientists and designers and so forth. And, and with the, you know, relative success that you're having uh, and your organisation's having right now, what, what will it look like in five years time where were you where are you heading do you think mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well you you just ask a very very easy question I don't, I don't have a crystal ball but of course like we are very scenario based uh based uh, uh company and what we try to understand is that um uh, okay I, I would even take a step back in here as well so what would be the future like with news media in, in a perfect world? Is this uh, what you're kind of asking? I, I think it would be something that, uh, that news media itself would be able to create experiences that touch people's hearts and minds. That as simple as that. And then all of these, like these different technologies, be it like artificial intelligence, what we just discussed, new user interfaces, they are secondary in the end of the day. We need to make sure that we have, the, the most important thing is that we have a connection to reality, that we have means to make sense of what is happening in the world. We need to have, like, uh, it, it, it goes back to this news gathering and, and, and understanding, uh, for example, when uh, we, we mentioned like uh, misinformation or disinformation uh, before. Uh, so what moves the world and if we are there if we can understand these dynamics that that evolve now in in, in digital uh, information ecosystem we have we have the means to kind of use these different uh, different tools to tell the stories but i'd say that it goes to the very core of journalism itself how can we <laughs> Uh, be in touch with the reality and then it goes goes back to this um, uh, approach the method so how do you do it and 
like I said, I repeat myself, but that needs, we need to change these hundreds of years of process thinking that, uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, okay, this is how the news is done. This is, a news product is ready when it's kind of, a, the article is written or the radio program goes out there. And, and to simplify, first, make sure that you are on the pulse, that you understand you have the access to reality. And second, understand that news isn't an item. It's not a piece, it's a process. And this continuous process needs to be made um, uh, uh, tangible, uh, interactive, engaging to people. And in here, these new technologies, these new user interfaces can help. This was a great moment in the interview with Yarno. I think here Yarno offers us a deep insight that news is not an item, it's a process. And that process brings us closer to reality. This is a very deep insight and it changes the way how traditional media is dealing with the news compared to how newer media, such as Facebook or Twitter, handles the news. In the newer media, news is just a piece of information. But for the traditional media, it should be seen as a continuous process informing the world around us and bringing us to the closest version of reality that we can get. So the insight is that traditional media needs to build that kind of authority to be able to present that reality is not something built by algorithms, but it's built through a continuous process of connection with the listeners. Yeah, wonderful. So touching the, touching the hearts and minds of, of your customers, I guess. Yeah, that, that's it. And, and to make sure that we have the right, right tools to understand that we actually have these connections. And it goes back, we have now discussed uh, uh, about machine intelligence in relation to creating the experiences. But at the same yeah. time, we of course need to have the analytics tools in order to make sure that we have the right KPIs, that we have the right feedback loops uh, to, to, to kind of serve our customers. And that's, that's one part of the thing. So you, you can think that with, with artificial intelligence, uh, it's the means, the distribution, the experience uh, that you need to kind of enhance, but it's also the, the content understanding, the audience understanding, and you need to bring those together in order to actually uh, make sure that even though you would understand all the reality, but you couldn't make stories about it that actually reach the people and you wouldn't understand what connects with these people, it wouldn't make any sense. So you need these tools in, in uh, you need to see it as a pipeline. And that's what I meant about, uh, that's what I meant with this process. So news or journalism, it's not about items or pieces. It's about processes that you put out there and, and you need to be able to um, support them to, to, to make sure that uh, be, if you are a journalist, for example, that you participate in, in, in making that process alive. This was another profound moment in the interview. 
Here we see the reverse loop enabled by artificial intelligence. On the one hand, we've got aggregating data and making sense of reality. And then on the other hand, we see reverse loop at play where we get data from the users, what they believe and what they listen to. So we need to find the intersection of what the data tells us the reality is and what people are interested in hearing. So the second insight, which also is very profound, is that the news media need to learn to utilize social media platforms to be able to learn what moves people, what moves public discourse, so that they can do what journalism does really well and has been doing for decades, is have a finger on the pulse of public discourse. Dear listener, stay tuned for episode two in which Jarno goes deeper into how artificial intelligence is changing journalism and the need for a new social contract. Hey listener, it's Stefano here. Since you got until here, we think that you might like the podcast. It would mean so much if you could leave us a five-star review and share this with as many of your friends as possible. This will help us be discovered and spread the news. Can you just take five minutes and do that for us? Thank you.